0: to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 191 of Free Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with Barry we're once again doing this with wonders of Zoom, as we always have to do now, um, but we'll get some news later on. Maybe things will be better very, very soon. Um, it's a Monday night, um, start of the week, but end of your week, oddly. Um,
1: so are you having a drink tonight too? enjoy the our movie chat, I am. I'm having i uh, I'm now on my second bottle of copa Bed Pair. Very nice. refreshing for summer time. It's
0: a summer time drink. drink, and it does seem like, even though it has rained pretty much constantly for four or five days, it does feel we are now
1: approaching
0: the summer time a little bit because clocks went forward. We all don't know what fucking time it is, but it does feel like <laughs> it's summer time.
1: Or is that way now are we have got so many electronic devices that update themselves with the time change that no one even notices anymore, apart that's from true. it's slightly lighter, You know, it's, it's only good. when you come across an old timey clock you're like, "Oh yeah, that winter time." <laughs>
0: yeah. One thing I've two clocks didn't set themselves properly. With my the one on the wall in the spare room, and also my microwave didn't. I'm going, that's wrong. Why is it wrong? Mm. I don't
1: understand. Um, I know. Six months ago, I was lazy. I didn't bother changing the clock in the car just because I was like, the hassle that you have to go through to change it in my car, you're just like, I may as well just leave it for six, six months. For the next, the next month, six months, I'll just, I'll just take an hour off for the next six months and i
0: will yeah.
1: be fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I don't need the hours. I just need the minutes because that's what I'm counting down to while I'm rallying towards work, you know? Yes. So, you know, I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> As I'm slowly running, <laughs> running into the office and swiping in, you know. <laughs> um,
0: I'm on some interesting beer. I got my beer box through, my Belgian beer box through from year 52. Um, so I have apologise to one of the people who listened to the podcast who was offended slightly by us calling us uh, people who get beer boxes in beer wankers. Um, but in reality, I, I've got a beer box now. So I'm essentially a beer wanker myself. So um, I'm, it's, it's said with
1: love. Well, you're a beer wanker, and I'm a toilet paper wanker, because I get my toilet paper delivered in a box now to the I house, mean, so, um,
0: you know. So, so I am, tonight I'm drinking, it's called, I'm, I think that it says it's Browager, Browager, B-R-O-U-W-E-R-I-J, Browager Lecker, that's the brewery, and it's called Wit Beer, W-I-T-B-I-R-I-E-R, and it's a orange peel and coriander beer, and it's a very funky, okay. Castle-esque sort of can. Yeah. That's yeah. very funky, can. It tastes like a really strong blue moon. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. It's nice. It's nice. Very refreshing.
1: Half the, half the time. Half the time it's all about the beer design. The beer can design anyway for me. That's how they lure me in. If it's got a good graphic on it, it's gonna catch me. Yes. Well, all, all the cans they gave me have all got
0: are all on this similar ilk sort of like the castle. Wow. I don't know if they're all the same brewery. Um I'm not gonna check the a chance to check. Um, but they all have that kind of weird style so I'm drinking that tonight cool. um, so we'll see how, see how this goes um, but it's a nice beer like I said, say, coriander and orange peel so it's very very much in this in the, the Blue Moon family, 4.6% um, I think it's a little bit weaker than Blue Moon I think, just slightly um, okay. but it's still tasty and, it, and it's got that wheat beer taste so it's very refreshing so if, if you ever see it, which is the thing with these beer boxes, you find a beer you like and you'll never fucking find it again because it's like sort of it's done special yeah. for the beer box or it's like so unique you don't ever find it again. You're like, oh, I really like that, but I'll never get it again. But yeah, yeah. If me and you ever find yourself in Belgium at any point, we can obviously try
1: and find it at that point and bring back cases of yeah. it. Yeah. You no. Know, once I actually get my finger out and find out how to become an Irish citizen, I'll be right in there. We'll move in Belgium, no problem.
0: Um I've again recently because there's no football news to talk about, have you any movie news of interest?
1: Uh, really just kind of like one topic which always always gets flagged up, at least like at least on here, so it's like a strong conversation, is that uh, Disney has decided to move Black Widow yes. and also uh, Cruella yes. onto Disney Plus and yes. also the Pixar movie well, is it Luca, which, which is a yes. coming of age movie. Coming of Age Adventure, sorry, yep. will also now be exclusive on Disney Plus. Yep. Uh, the packs, so what packs one will be at no extra cost, but unfortunately, Black Widow, where is it? Uh, you're looking quid. at paying extra, yeah, yeah.
0: But thanks. What I would say, Hi. what I would say about this story is, yes, they are doing it. It's absolutely do. That's what Disney is doing. It may coincide because it's still not due out. I think June, um, Black Widow, mm. and I think Cruella's July possibly. Yeah. That this sort of dips into my story for the, for the week, which is Cineworld, our local or our cinema I tend to frequent um, most of all, mm-hmm. and they are now talking a May reopening mm-hmm. with a deal with Warner Bros. in place as well, which helps out with some of the films they've been sort of putting on the streaming platforms, and essentially with the Warner Bros. deal, and with the Disney stuff, which is, it will be available in both places. It'll, the Disney will still put it on their Disney app, and you don't pay £20 for it, but it will still be in the cinema as well. So mm. those of us who want to go to cinema and watch it and pay the money for the cinema can still go. Yeah. But I suppose if, you, if you're a family of five who don't want to go to cinema and quite happy watching at home and it'll say you pay 20 quid for it rather than have to pay £100 to go to cinema, then yeah. th- then you're, you're, you're winning, I suppose.
1: Yeah. And also it was like a conversation I heard in another podcast. It was about pretty much the exact same thing of we've went this long now, not just in cinemas, but Things in general I've went this long now without it. That going back to such a regimented lifestyle, like this film starts at nine o'clock at night. You're just about like, well, I've been doing it for the last year, sitting in my house watching it whenever it suits me. So why can't I have that life? Oh, see, that, yeah, that I, I do get that, and there's certain there are certain
0: people who are quite happy to go with that. But there's a there's a large cinema going percentage who enjoy the act of going to of going to the cinema. Mm and watch it at a specific time, and that's when they watch it. A bit like, you know, why would you go to a gig and watch it when you mm. could just wait for the band to put the DVD out, Yeah, and then you could buy the DVD and watch it any time. It's, it's the act of going to see something is, sort of, is yeah, still yeah. something that is, is quite important, you know. Um, so I, 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 get what, I get what you're saying. There will be a potential population who will be like that, going like, well, no, I'll, I'll just wait for Black Widow to come out, or, you know, whatever mm. film happens to be. Um, I don't really, I think, I'm not rushing to back to cinema but there are people who, like myself, who will want to watch back to cinema and see that film and, and, demand, and not demand. But they'll, 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 if I have the option of paying £20 at home to watch Black Widow or going to cinema to watch
1: Black Widow, I'll go to yeah. cinema and watch Black Widow. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, uh, generally how the conversation ended, and you might even agree with us, I'm not 100% sure, is it could evolve into the point where Cinemas will be left purely for massive blockbusters that they know they can have on multiple screens and running them for fucking weeks on weeks on weeks. And the lesser in day films and all that will be straight to like the on-demand services.
0: I think it could go both ways either way, because I think there's an option. You're not what you're saying is absolutely correct. It could be just all but that's what cinemas already like. It's just all these big massive releases. But they're trying mm. to make so much money back that they need to get it on as many platforms as possible. So they might put it out on the, on the home video app, the, the streaming yeah. service, in order to get as many eyes on it and, and get as many bits of you know money as they possibly can. Which, in theory, the audience who wants to go and see, for example, King Kong vs. Godzilla, you know, they might watch that oh. at home because they can get it at home mm. without like what's in and see that. Okay, For some small indie film, people aren't going to watch that. People aren't going to pay a premium to watch that at home. Mm. You know, no one's paying to see, for example, very few people I think will pay to see the film with Ammonite at home when they could watch some big blockbuster. So that kind of film might go to the cinema and, and still gain, only people feel it's a more prestige thing to go to, the, go to the cinema and actually watch it. Um, mm. so it could, actually, it could actually the cinema could actually eight, you're right, it could go one way and it could, it could be all blockbusters, or it could allow these indie films a, a, bit, more, a bit more space to breathe, so that could be sort of their domain. Because you know, there's, there's room for them to actually show their, their wares. it's one of those things right now, because we are sort of still in the middle of this and we're not really seeing what the mm. aftermath of all the pandemic what the screaming thing is, um it's it's tough to know exactly how it's gonna go. Um also I think it comes down to pricing. You know, right now they're selling Black Widow for twenty quid, which is you know, that's 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 fine. am that's I suppose that's not so bad. If you like, you've got family of five and you want to see that film, it would cost you mm. hundred pounds to go and see that film. Now it's gonna cost you twenty quid, so there's a bonus there. Yeah. But that might only last for so long if, if Disney say, you know what, we're giving this away too cheap. You know, we're paying this for a quick quid. We could make 100 pounds out. So we want to make that, that this premium thing. You still get it in your home. You'll still get it straight away. But you're going to have to spend 55 pounds on it or 50 quid on it because they're worried about someone buying it and streaming it, you know, or buying it and copying it in some way so they can put it on like the torrents. The, the you know, so they yeah, what right. so to, to try and get that out, get that stopped. You know, and by charging a high premium, might stop that. You again, mm-hmm. if you if you if you're, you're a family of four or five, and they're going to cost you hundred pounds to for to cinema to see a film, fifty pounds is still a bargain to you because it's, oh, half, it, half, a, it's all. half a price. But it's a lot for like you to pay it. You know, you would go. Mm. Well, I could just go and see it. I could you go and see it for like twenty quid? Go and, go on an orange Wednesday and see it for like you know two for one. You know, which gives you only paying it twenty quid.
1: You know, we could be about to witness the resurgence again of oriented movies and TV shows again. You yeah. Know? So, uh, like, I mean, like, like a big boom. Wait, i like it was in the early two thousands, you know. Yeah. I can see, could definitely see that happening, especially if like if people because twenty pound is, it's fine, but it is getting up there, you know, especially for a film that you may or may not like. I know it is still working out cheaper than going to the cinema, but yeah. it's like, uh eh, for my
0: house, I'm a little, uh it. Well, probably your house when you've got so many options of like none paying media you know if you already yeah. paid for you already paid for your netflix your disney your amazon your apple tv you go i'll pay another 20 pounds to watch this film and i've got other things i could watch you know just watch something else unless you're specifically, yeah. you know the mcu stuff that maybe will target a separate audience who want to watch that and demand to see it now that they need to see it so mm. but there are films you know like for example tom and jerry's out right now and I, I love tom and jerry i am not paying fucking 15.99 to watch tom and jerry on rental nah fuck that you know, I'm just I am not doing it. If it was in the cinema, I'd probably you know, see it because I'd have my cinema cinema card, and I'd probably get it to see it for free. So you know I'm quite cushely watching it but like in the cinema quite happily. I'm not paying quite yeah. really, quid to watch fucking Tom and Jerry at home. You know? Mm. Same with that one that came out what was it? The Ray and the Last Dragon. I'm I've people interested in that film really, you know I I really like Pixar and Disney and stuff like that but I'm not paying quite quid to watch the film at there. I can watch it in three months mm. for free. But I would probably go to cinema and see it if it was available in cinema because I feel that's it's more it's more worth my time at that point.
1: Yeah, it's you know even with like we will touch on it later on but one of the movies that was uh, that was on this week's list of watching I would not pay twenty eight pounds for it. Oh fuck no. no, no. no. Um, and the couple this week I wouldn't
0: pay 20 pounds for, but that's just um, uh, my personal opinion. Anyway, we shall move on to movie news or, or movie reviews because um. Richard's hungry so he needs to get moving so, Richard's <laughs> hungry and he's starting to get a bit angry <laughs> yeah. um, no I'm, I'm generally right now a wee bit at home, I'm quite excited to see idea. the cinema I go to might be reopening soon and it's, uh, I am generally quite excited to the idea of getting back and yeah, watching yeah. stuff and there's enough stuff coming out this year that I really, I'm excited to see in the cinema, you know stuff like Kong vs Godzilla, like Black mm. Widow like um, Matrix 4 I think it is That in cinema stuff like that, you know. I'm excited because it they should not be watched on a small screen, they should be watched on a big,
1: massive screen, you know. Um, It will be funny when like cinemas and gyms and all that open up again that have all like stopped their membership costs for like the last year and a bit to suddenly switch on the green light to see everyone suddenly panic, canceling because they can't afford them anymore. Because they've maybe I've not been paying for the cinema. The last year and a half, but I've taken on like I, I don't know, fucking like I don't know, anything Disney Plus and Apple TV or whatever to cut, and then all of a sudden the gym comes back on as well. You little fuck.
0: Yes.
1: We've been using our um cinema money that we normally consider
0: it's only about 17.99 a month. We've been using that for like so, both of us have it. We use it as a rental, like we'll use it as one mm-hmm. rental a month, and sort of. So, we're still nice. using that money. Just when that when the cinema comes back, we'll stop doing that, and that's yeah. cinema money, and um, yeah. So onto movies we've we'll watched this week. First one up is a Netflix documentary. as Netflix seems to be a wash with documentaries? That's all it seems to do um, these days. Uh, this one is called Operation Varsity Blues, um, directed by Chris Smith, who was the director and producer of the Fire Festival documentary that we watched. Yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah. Was, was it start of the year? That we watched that one. Or was it last year? Last year did. Last year, yeah. But just before shutdown wasn't it? Before lockdown all happened. Um, and also the one Jim and Andy, the one about um, Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman. Remember that one? He yeah. That yeah, one yeah. So this one's a really interesting one. It's about um, a scam in America where there's a guy who could get your kid into like, sort of the, the top Ivy League schools for a for a cost, um, essentially a bribe, Um mm-hmm. get get your kid into school via like, some like some legal some. Some some legal and some illegal loopholes, you know, in regards to you know sort of squawk scholarships mm-hmm. and fudging of figures. Um, so it, it looks at the guy who is doing that, and also the general idea of um, the, the 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 importance or the perceived importance of the Ivy League school in America and how they're sort of valued above all the other schools, despite not actually being anywhere near as sort of as as important as they make themselves out to be, or people assume they are, you know. So it's sort of looking mm-hmm. at that. So it's just the, the whole Ivy League school scandal um, and also the, and these parents who are basically bribing um, the school to let, to let their kids in regardless of if they pass or tests or not. Um, yeah. There's one major actor in the film, that's Matthew Modine. He plays, it's a documentary, mm-hmm. he plays the sort of, the guy who, you know, I can't remember right now. Um, um, uh,
1: sorry, two seconds. I did have it there. Uh, let's see. No, go away. No. Uh, I don't, sorry, unfortunately. If I find that, I'll see it. Hi, so I,
0: but, but what the guy's name was, so is this guy who, is, um, so Matthew William Dean plays him in sort of dramatisations where they sort of put the dialogue of the, the phone conversations and, and all that kind of stuff in his in his mouth and he sort of repeats it um, and gives some sort of drama, drama to the, the situation. But overall, it is just a documentary that you know, you're talking you know, to a lot of fucking heads and talking to people you know, who are involved in this and sort of showing the background of it through... Like TV footage and court footage and all that kind of stuff. Um, we watch a lot of documentaries on Netflix. Um, some good, some bad. What do you think of this one?
1: Well, I've got a, I've known about this story for a long time, uh, just because one of the other podcasts that I listen to, one of the gentlemen on it has been obsessed with this story <laughs> yeah, because okay. it does it does target the how ridiculous the Upper classes when it comes to, you know, trying to get their kids into like their best colleges and universities in yeah. like uh, America, which bizarrely enough, all the buildings look like fucking some sort of weird Harry Potter set. I'm like. What the hell's all the universities like fucking Harry Potter world? What <laughs> <So, laughs> so, so,
0: so, so was going on? So, it's the Edinburgh Union, and all that kind of stuff. All, all, all the British ones look the same. I, you know, I will. I
1: was go back in time.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, like, so guys, the guys who built the American ones were all sort of like ex-Pats who came over to America and were sort of building an image of the great education system, which the British education system. So they're sort of mm. building it based on that sort of model, and that—that that was sort of the idea behind it. You know, trying to emulate that that system.
1: Oh. Fair enough, fair enough. Guy um, standing there, but you just do not have enough targets on this building. <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah. So but, what, right, sorry. So. But uh, documentary, I actually thought this was actually really good. The like kind mixture of like said, uh, uh, Matthew Modane like doing a bit of like acting in it, like just filling in the cowboy. Kind of, I actually thought that kind of helped the story kind of like come along rather than just the usual standard affair. The talking heads. Um, But oh God, you just, all the fucking jail sentences were just not enough. I think like the death penalty would have been just more than satisfactory for me, you know? And there was only, out of the whole entire thing, there was only one person who was a legitimately nice person in the whole entire thing. And that was, I don't actually have the guy's full name, but. He was um he was like the sailboat yes. captain. Yes, yeah, uh, John something. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was like he was the only legit nice person out of it because any money that he got, he pumped straight back into the school. Whereas yes. it, it came to light that all the other folk that were getting like bribes and handouts and all the rest of it, they were always skimming a bit off the top for themselves, you know. Because like, like it, he said, he's the only person. Well, they said he's the only
0: guy ever been indicted for like fraud, where he gave the money back to the people he's supposed to be defrauding. Mm, you know, he Didn't one? make that much money. He didn't make any money out of it. Do you know I feel sorry a lot about because it's, like, it's very easy, right? Particularly about the girl, see the girl on it who's sort of like the YouTube blogger. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very easy, to, and the media did attack her very efficiently, you know, instead of you know to show up how you know much of a. Like you know, a drama queen, and how much like sort of like vapid she was, and how, how, how sort of like she's a, sort of, the reason why
1: this generation is sort of doomed. She didn't do mm. anything wrong, no, no. It's that's what I was saying to uh, I Stacey. I feel, I feel bad for all you, yeah, like, yeah, exactly, wrong. exactly. Because that's what I'm saying to Stacey. It's like, see, all these ones that are like sitting there doing the tests, but it's like they don't realize that the guy sitting in the room watching them do the test is going to redo the test Aye. with all the answers. And you're like, how fucking raging would it be? Because at the end of the day, the kids don't know. Oh. Or maybe some of them do know. But a lot of them maybe don't know that their parents are doing all this, handing yeah. over big wads of cash. No, exactly. And getting and getting guys to reset a fucking kid's test, oh. which is yeah. hilarious. You know, it's like, how fucking shit would it be when this all comes out? And then it's like, oh, so actually, I thought I got into Harvard or whatever, but turns out i didn't some fucking guy was doing it for me yeah
0: i thought what was interesting
1: about it was like it 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 doesn't it, it doesn't attack
0: that girl but it does make it out that she's sort of the worst enemy she's like sort of the, probably enemy number one but mm. she was for some weird reason because she has an easy target yeah exactly her.
1: like i said an easy target she was a youtuber kind of like a new kind of generation of making money because she had like a makeup line and all that on the go uh-huh. So, yeah, but you're still you're just about like, she's not the one at fault here. It's the no. parents, you know, yeah. it's the parents and everyone in this fucking line doing this, you know. Yeah. Uh, I like, like you, I, I've seen
0: a lot of this story on the news when it first happened and a, a few people um, who I follow on, like sort of pods I was sort of like about it. Hmm. I thought they did do a good job of filling in some of the blanks as to like how it happened. Um, yeah. Some of it got quite confusing as to how it goes about. I did get a little lost in some of it a little bit, sort of like the minutiae of it, you know, how it all... A, not what they did, but how they got away with it. It felt like it was, it was very obvious, like, you know, yeah. if you say this guy can be a water polo player, he's not good at water polo, but we'll say he is, and then he doesn't play in the team, is that not going to raise a flag somewhere else? You know, like, like you've got this guy on a water polo scholarship.
1: I didn't really get how that worked. It's like... I just kept on thinking about all these kids at like all these like Ivy League schools turning up. And then it's like, right, guys, we're putting a team together, whether it be sailing, polo, or whatever. And then they all just look at each other, going, Do you know how to sail? I don't know how to sail. Do you know? That's all I kept on thinking about was all these kids going, I don't know how to sail. <laughs> that felt very, very strange to me. Um, so I didn't, really, I didn't, it didn't, didn't, it
0: mostly got across how that worked, but I'm still confused as to how they got away with it for so long. The dramatisation right. stuff with Matthew Modine was a nice way of filling it in, some of the sort of mm. gaps in it, but some of the dialogue it his mouth, because it's such, it's, it's, it's almost, it is real world dialogue, it felt very stilted and weird and so sort of, it didn't feel, mm. it didn't actually feel natural. It felt like, it, it didn't, it felt unscripted, but to the point where it just felt not real. Um, so I can struggle yeah, with that a yeah. little bit. And I just felt the angle mm. just, they went at it was, it's, it's the most obvious angle of like showing. You know the kids who get in and the parents are dicks and the guy who's doing it who's an asshole and it is like how that's good. I would love to see a little bit more of the kids who missed out
1: because of this scandal. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest. I think that was the biggest thing and I think that's why the media's latched on to it for so long, at least over in America, was the fact that like this has affected so many people's lives. Didn't show that yeah. enough, though, that's a problem. I didn't no, show huh? enough of the, no. of the kids who, because there will be kids who did,
0: didn't get a place at Harvard or wherever it was or, or that kind of stuff, because some kid was a place was bought for them, and that's that's and that's a much more interesting. You know, talk to that kid, and they had a wee bit of it, but not enough. Um, I mean, they started looking into the actual education system in America in general. That was an interesting part. of What the They didn't explore that enough for me. You know, the idea of you know, everyone wants to go to like Harvard or Yale or Princeton or UCLA, I think, is the other one possibly. Um, mm. Because these are sort of like the Brown, I think, is the other one, and these are the big main schools. But if you go to University of Chicago, which is not like an Ivy League school, you can get it's just as you can get as good an education in that school than you would get at UCLA, yeah. um, Princeton. But mm. for some bit, because you're at Princeton, people value that higher, and it's sort of talking about how society values certain things higher. You know, if you get an education at Glasgow University, that's seems higher than you get it say West Scotland, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's that, you know, what's the net effect of that? Like, does it, does it have an effect? Would, you know, if, if you walk into if job, if you're exactly equal with somebody in every way, from experience and age and all that kind of stuff and, you know, what you could do and what, 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 you, what you bring to the job. And the only mm-hmm. difference in your repertoire was you went to Princeton and you went to, you know, Arizona University. Is the Princeton link enough to give somebody that job? And if it is, why? Why is that deemed to be more important? And I wish and I wish would looked into more of that. So I just felt the came mm. at it. Is it is an interesting it does it's made for people maybe perhaps not like ourselves who don't know anything about it, maybe made more for people who who, are, who don't know anything about it, you know, who who've not had any background information on this or these ones are the broad strokes of it. So mm. I would like to have seen it come at a different angle. The, the obvious angle made sense for, for a documentary purpose to try and get it to a wider audience, but I'd like to see a little bit more about you know the people who missed out and also sort of more about the actual problems of the education system and how it's and how it functions, you know, and how you get in because it, it, like it's also so built around money as well. It's and it's kind of really, look, depre- really depressing, you know, how much yeah, money is involved in university.
1: That's what I was gonna say. It was like um, when you said about things not getting flagged up, and I really do believe that's why it's like you know if i actually i think it was the sailboat guy said the best it was like or someone in his university said it's like the sailboat team don't actually make any money whereas like obviously things like the basketball and the american football they all make money for the university but no one goes to watch fucking sailboating that's just a fucking that's just like some sort of strange pastime, you know and so it's like that's why he's always on like these fundraising things and I think it's because the amount of money that's involved, I think a lot of people through the food chain just turn a blind eye to it. Yeah, um, Thinking that the person above them knows better kind of thing. Okay. Um, the, the only other person that just... She, she just kept on rubbing me the wrong way every time she appeared on the screen. She was like the talking head. She had like blonde hair. I don't even know her name. I can't even find her. She had blonde hair in the glasses. Right. They just always seem to come across like so fucking smarmy, especially when it came towards the end when it was talking about that uh, YouTube girl. Was she the football uh, coach? Was she like the was
0: she like sort of like the not football coach, but like some sort of like tennis coach or something, possibly? She was like sort of head of that department or something in one of the big universities? I don't know. I thought no. she was
1: quite young. Uh okay, maybe a different person now. I, I don't know, man. It just any time she appeared on the screen, I was just like, "You're just coming <laughs> across like pure mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Look at her. Mhm. And I'm just about like, "What
0: the fuck?" Yeah, Was the depressing. One, I once heard a depressing thing where they said that the highest paid public official in every American state, so the person is paid by not by the not by public, not not, not by private organisations, but by the, 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 the taxpayers' money pays this person's wages. And you're thinking, oh, it must be like maybe the best doctor in this, in this state or maybe the politician, the governor or something like that. No, the highest paid person in every single state, bar like one or two, was a sports coach for like a high school or a college. And it's like, because they value that more than the value of education. And, it, and the whole, you know, and whole university built around that. It was such a depressing thing. Um, like I, I would say, if, you, if you've not heard story about the story of, of this school scandal, it's definitely worth it you get the broad strokes of it and to try and understand it. Yeah. Um if you've maybe seen it, if you actually looked into it a little bit more, you have like sort of seen it on our podcast. I don't think you get that much from it. If you feel you're just kind of retreading old ground, it'd be nicer to sort of see a different angle on it. Um, I would give it a solid six and a half out of ten.
1: Nice, I'm joining you on that one, six and, six and a half out of ten as well. Just like you said, pretty much the exact same points. It's a great wide stroke, just missing a few key elements, like explaining to people outside of America why there's this the amount of money that floats about when it comes to taking your kid to university.
0: Yeah. You know? um, on from that, we move on to we've changed direction very drastically um, <laughs> to an Amazon Prime movie, um, which is called The War with Grandpa, directed by mm. Tim Hill, um, who directed SpongeBob um, SquarePants movie, which I absolutely loved. Muppets mm. in Space, which I also like, because I like Muppets. Then Hop, the animated feature, which I also quite like, even though it's got Russell Brand in it, I think. Um, I also in Garfield too, which no one liked Garfield too. But that's that's everyone's um, like a feeling in, in a book somewhere. The plot of this one is grand, the, the grandfather who is feeling a bit down. And he dumps at home. He's lost his wife. He's struggling with life at home. So his daughter takes him into her family home. She's got a few kids, husband, wife. You know your typical American American family. The grandpa toughs the young, the, the sort of the oldest boy out and puts him in the has to put in the attic because the grandpa needs his room. And this and the mm-hmm. young boy is unhappy about this and wants to win his room back. So he goes to wall grandpa and all to try and win the win the room back. And a series of pranks and jokes that go that grow gradually in scale um, as as the mm-hmm. film goes on. Um, as people like destroy each other's lives to try and get the, the rooms back. In um, the film, you've got amazingly uh, Robert De Niro plays the grandpa, Uma Thurman plays the mum, Rob Riggle plays the father. Jane Seymour pops up in it as well. Cheech Marin, amazingly, pops up in it as well, and Christopher Walken, um, as well, pops up in it. And it's, it's a very fucking solid cast. Um, mm. I will begin with I'll begin in this one. This was so weak and to the point of being offensively unfunny. Like, if you're going to make a comedy, you have to put a joke in it. You, you can mm. you can't, you can't just get by on what this could buy on. There's literally nothing funny in this whatsoever. Um, I thought before, it is so sad seeing De Niro do this stuff, because he's such a great actor, but he's not done anything good for about nearly quarter of a century. Nearly, like over 20 years now, he's not done anything that great. Um, no. He is doing this for the good, like I've said before, you know, I think we talked about it last week, where he's like sort of plowing the money he makes from this into Tribeca Film Festival, and that little, nurtures new talent and puts it on a big screen. but I feel he doesn't need to do this kind of shit because this is just fucking awful. Um, yeah, it's got a decent cast. No one gets in to do like Uma Thurman's in the Uma fucking Thurman's in this film and has got like and, do, and has nothing in the film. She does nothing. Mm. Um, I know, I know. Christopher Walken an Oscar-winning Christopher Walken, he's an actor of a highest repute, is basically playing like the comedy best friend. You know, like. <laughs> and um, and Cheech Marin as well, also very funny, but got a minor role. Um, so the they're just, they feel like they're all these extended cameo, cameos. Um, yeah, It's extremely that's
1: just like a big, that's was, that's just seemed like a a good like couple of weeks on set of like pals hanging out and collecting a paycheck. That's all it seemed like. You know,
0: it's, it's very predictable. Um, the mm. only thing I say about it was it was ninety nine minutes long, so it was beautifully shot um, for this kind of movie. Didn't last very long, but honestly, I. There was very very few hype. I mean, I enjoy seeing all this cast on screen because the light of as mm-hmm. actors. I wish they I wish they didn't do it because it's like I wish them to do better material in this. But you can always have a laugh. At it. You can always have a laugh. You always enjoy seeing Christopher Walken. You can always enjoy seeing you know Emma Ferman as well. But fuck me, give them something to do. Give them a joke for Christ's sake. Make make anyone laugh. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of if it was better or worse than that yesterday one. And um, I I. Really uh,
1: you think it was better slightly? 100%. Because okay. I did actually find... Now, I do need to explain, because I did laugh at a couple of bits in this, but okay. I don't know if that was just like, well, my early morning, which is just when I wake up, uh, which I isn't even laugh, morning. You know? But it's just like, is it like early early morning delirium because I'm still not quite connected in the world and woke up properly? Or was this actually a couple of funny bits in it? Yeah. Um, like bit, the bit that made me laugh the most was um, when what was it? It was when Robert the Niro fell out the window when this, I guess spoiler, <laughs> when the snakes in the room with him, right, and then um, and he goes out the window and then he ends up falling and then his trousers fall down when he's hanging onto onto the gutter. I think I don't want to see that because they done they've done at least. Two maybe three, De Niro right. showing his cock
0: jokes. And I think I don't want to, see able to do a showing cock joke. That's something like, yeah. you know, the guy from Jackass can, do. Mm-hmm. You know, can yeah. do. You know, Adam Sandler can do a showing your
1: cock joke. Mm. De Niro shouldn't be doing that, you know? No. It's,
0: it's, uh,
1: but that for me personally, this was definitely better than yesterday. Um, okay. I just, I can't just found a bit just. Just a bit more interesting. I don't know if that was because of the cast that were in it, because they're all heavyweights. It's a very good cast. You know, it's, you know? it's um. though no, I did, when I was watching it, there was a couple of things that I felt like, I think they've edited this and left, like, certain bits on the floor mm. because it was never fucking even addressed why the youngest of the kids is obsessed with Christmas. No, I think that dresses- I, I I don't think you need to explain that. I actually, that was one of the few things in the oh, film dude. I genuinely found, found quite charming. Yeah. You know, oh no, yeah. not as charming, but you're just about like really no one addressing the fact no, that I she's think that's dressed like kids a, a Santa's get, little
0: helper. No, because I get that because kids get totally obsessed by something completely random for no reason, but so you don't understand it, but they used to they love this one thing, and that's what they come and say to them. So mm-hmm. I, I actually that was the one thing in the film I actually found very sweet and very charming, and actually gave me and actually made me feel a bit warm, warm and fuzzy. And okay. say, um, enough. That was Fair pretty much enough. it.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, wait, there was, yeah, the whole kind of like I just found the whole kind of like relationship thing with the oldest daughter and this guy Russell was a bit random. I was yeah. just about like, why's the mum like I kind of understand like being a parent and then it's like some guy's trying to get in about your daughter, I totally Aye. get it, but you're just a bit like, why is she like so obsessed with this? Like, I like. I I don't get it. Unless like she's young and it's not really been explained that she's only like, I don't know, like 15 or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time as I possibly can. I, I, I really didn't enjoy this. I I found it very dull. Didn't like. Oh no, like,
1: don't get me wrong. See like, um, it was like, was it maybe about the hour mark? That's when I was about like, right, that's it. It's, it's done. It's, it's like yeah I think it's like it's when what was it? it was when they went fishing or something when they kind yeah. of called a truce i was like right there done all that's right. the that's it but then it kind of kept on going and yeah. then that that's when i was a bit like yeah i've kind of lost interest now completely yeah. and then the kind of why why is it with all these fucking movies or just movies in general why does it always end up in some sort of dodgeball fight? What is it like? Is this like an American culture thing that we're missing out on About like yesterday? It's like, what is your obsession with dodgeball? Does not look, doesn't look, look it that game. much fun? Yeah. It's it look, it looks great. fun for about five minutes. It's a bit like bowling. It looks fun for five minutes and then you're like, I'm yeah, getting done with this. Like, <laughs> I'm oh, over it. Bowling's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you can Yeah, but, you know. And that's why. Yeah. Uh, um,
0: you know. Yeah, no, I, I I was I would say this is as bad as yesterday. I, I I did not enjoy this at all. I found it very poor, very unfunny, mm. and yeah. I, and like yourself, I just lost interest so quickly. Yeah. You know, and I I, I, I didn't go in with the best of my mind, going like I'm going to enjoy this. This is going to be great. I went in pretty going this is going to be terrible. I always hoped for better, but this did not deliver anything that was even close to being sort of entertaining. So I would give it a very paltry four out of ten.
1: Ooh, ooh. I was going to give it five only because uh, sorry I just remembered what the other scene was that made me laugh was that it was when my bathroom was drinking the coffee in the car she spits it on the window and then chucks it at the police officer yeah. that did actually make me laugh yeah. but then she'd done that again with the snake and I was like once again it's just the same joke again and you're about like a eh. loss its charm the second time around also, oh, I'll make a you point know.
0: that she is Black Mamba from Kel Bill. Uma Thurman does not the fucking scared of snakes. Uma Thurman yeah. just owned that snake. Um, what are you giving out
1: of 10? Uh, I was going to give it a 5 out of 10, because like I said, it, those two scenes, him with the gutter and her with the coffee, it did actually make me laugh, and I was like, alright. If the movie shaved 40 minutes off, I'd be fucking right there giving it a solid fucking like, 8 out of 10. <laughs> Shameful. But it, that was forty minutes of grinding to get to the end credits, so you know.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so we're not we're not recommending the wall of Grandpa. Up next is one that's on Netflix as well, and it's called The Best of Enemies, directed by Robin Bazell, which has debut feature, from what I can what I can um, ascertain. The plot of this mm-hmm. one is a true life story of uh, so sort of, uh, in the, I think it's Alabama. No, Georgia, sorry, it's Georgia. They're trying to hmm. put the schools together. This is back in the 60s, they're trying to you know, integrate the schools, black and white children together. Um, and they basically, the, the local town brings in someone and sort of, rather than just sort of enforcing it on the town, the town sort of trying to come to a consensus behind it and have like sort of, you know, almost make it something they want to do or don't want to do and make it sort of give them ownership over the decision. And um, in order to make it a fair jury to make the make this decision about the schooling, they have two people who are sort of like the poor opposites on the jury to try and sort of rile, rally the troops of our side to try and convince the other one of, of what should be done. So you have um, one woman who's sort of like very much into the, the civil rights um, and up against her is a guy who is one of the grand coupas of the KKK. Is it like, they call it the Exalted Cyclops or something, is it something really weird name like that or something? Like the, the yeah. Stuff, yeah very, personal, it, very weird name to have in the KKK. Um, God. And the film follows not only them trying to sort of convince each other, it's them sort of understanding each other and trying to understand each other, and also how the town itself would and the, the different factions would sort of rally or sort of intimidate each other, and all mainly one side would try to intimidate um, the other to try and stop what they want to happen um, from happening. Um, so, anything Tara P. Henson she plays is the, the sort of main figure. I can't remember the character's name. Um, and she's up against the main KKK member, is Sam Rockwell. Um, also in the film, you've got Babu Sezi, who plays the sort of the guy who brought in from the north, who becomes sort of the, the modulator of the, the debates. Um, yeah. And Hesh pops up in it as Sam Rockwell's wife in it. Wes Bentley pops up in it as a very nasty KKK man. And so does Bruce McGill
1: in much the same kind of role. Um, what do you think of this one? This was good, man. I Brilliant. quite enjoyed this one. Yeah, it's a kind of, you know, a, you know, still dealing with the same subject matter that we've came across, like, not too far in the past, but it's, this has just done a wee bit better, you know? I just, you know, I found just the cast and the way it was shot and everything just a bit more engaging, you know? Yeah. And it just, you know, we all can kind of know the is obviously, like, you know, Generally, white people just generally hated everyone that wasn't white for some mad fucking reason. Yes, yeah. Uh, it still seems to be a never growing issue, but it's yeah, you know, it was just it was a nice film. I just I kind of sat back and just enjoyed it, and you know, listened to the story because I didn't even know anything about this. No, until no I bad. actually started it. So, mm-hmm. okay, I
0: like that. Um, I, yeah. I'm mostly, it was a bit long-winded. It took it took a long time. You know, it, it's good mm. to be a bit. Else. I felt like as long as it should be. Um, but it's a meaningful drama, it is. It's got a lot of. It's got some soul to it. It's got some heart to it. Um, it could have been trimmed down. They, the performances are all very strong. They're everyone gives, You know, they all they're all very good actors. They are a little bit caricatured at times. You know, there's not much apart from the, yeah. the Rockwell character and the Henson character. Everyone else is very much, you know. Playing to tropes that you've seen many many times in many other movies, so there's not really anything new there, you know. So I felt very, you know, on the money. Um, it it probably is true to life. I know it's based on a true story, but there is still, there is still that issue that like, you know the white savior complex. You know, it's not, mm. you know, it, it's it's the white people saving the black community essentially. There is sort of that aspect to it that sort of feels a little bit icky um, Now mm. the way it turned out, that might been the way it all went down. I'm not, I don't know for sure. But after watching things like Green Book recently, when you feel like it's a white person putting their narrative on what is essentially, I would say, a black story, you mm. do feel it's not told quite, in the, it's not quite the same guy. And I feel if it was shot by someone and directed by someone from, uh, of a different um, race, um, closer to the race of people who are involved in it, it may have played differently, I would say. Now, I'm going I'm to look up Robin Bizzell right now and find out that um, I'm wrong. Um, to be honest, no, Rob Rumba R- 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 is, is a very, very white-looking man. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, very much so. So, yeah, I-, I feel that was one of the issues. I felt like it was very much from a white perspective. Um, and it- it's- 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 in my mind, it's not a white story.
1: Mm. Oh, I thought it was good, was it? Um, I don't really have a lot to say about this one, unfortunately. It was kind of just one of those movies where I just kind of sat and just enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah then... I mean,
0: it's, it's kind of like we talked about it all week. There have a couple of films where you watch it, it's fine. You, you, you can you can yeah embrace it. You don't have a lot to say after it, to be honest. It's sort no. of, it's just... It's, it's amazing. You know what I mean? you see that one watched a couple of weeks ago, Escape from Pretoria, the one about the... Geography. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's, 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 it's a perfectly serviceable and watchable film. But if yeah. someone asks you... A week later, to, to talk about it and names and stuff from it, I think you'd be hard pressed to find something you found really important, really meaningful in it.
1: But, Which you know, is bad because I literally watched this less than four hours ago. Aye. It's like, you know what I mean? It's just, it was, it was just, it was, it was what it was. You know,
0: yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's what it is. Yeah, no, I'm, I wish you do. It. I, I felt much the same. Like I, I felt everything we tried to say was important. Um, a little bit maybe trying to do it, but a a bit too earnestly. Didn't really put a lot of Newness of telling the story into it, and as I said, the slant they put on it was a little bit, not it a little bit of a sour taste. But mm-hmm. it, it's still, it's hearts in the right place. It's trying to tell through it, it's trying to tell it well, and it mm-hmm. does tell it well. But just it, it's not memorable um, as much as you want it to be, and that that's the problem with. I think it's just, it just, it just really doesn't. Like if someone asked me should I watch it, I would say yeah, you should. but I probably wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. You know, I wouldn't be saying like oh, you have to see this film, you must see it, but. If you went to yeah. me I've not seen this film Should I
1: watch it, you, you go, yeah, it's, it's an all right watch. It's a decent watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's maybe just better movies out there that yeah. you can't deal with this kind of kind of similar subject matter, if that makes yeah. sense, you know? I that might be a bit more interesting, a bit more engaging, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but not a bad film. I would give it again a six and a half out of ten. Probably about yourself? Yeah, totally. Right with you. I was going to give it six out of
0: ten this week. Yeah, that seems, that seems fair. Um, last film, you've not seen this film, so I'll talk about this one briefly, um, which is called Ammonite. It's available on video on demand, so you've got to pay for this one. Directed uh, by Francis Lee, um, who written God's Own Country. This is a story mm-hmm. set in the 19th century about a woman who sort of, she, um, finds fossils on the beach, living quite a solitary life, quite a lonely life. Um, and all of a sudden, this woman comes in, another woman comes into her life, and she's sort of with taking care of her. That's what women do, oh. um, and through <laughs> the story, they they, they fall they, they fall for each other. Um, obviously, very much against what society would expect of the people of this age, of this era. Um, I wish I read uh, the
1: synopsis now for this. I probably would have went, made a bit more of an effort to watch it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's them sort of it's, it's their love story, sort of unfolding, and two them trying to um, you know, try to find their place in, in, of who they are in the world and what it means to them. Um, and it's just
1: like. The, Sorry, is that just like the female version of *Brokeback Mountain*? Is this...
0: If you want, you could bring it down to that level, but I think there is more <laughs> than that, and I'll bring it. I'll bring that in a minute. Um, so Kate Winslet um, in the film she plays the sort of the, the lonely lady, you know, bringing you know who is finding um, fossils. Sarsa Ronan plays the sort of the, 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 the winter life. James McAvoy plays her husband, uh, and Gemma mm. Jones plays Kate Winslet's mother in the film. Um, okay. This, like I said, I, I saw God's Own Country, which is, which is a film about two sheep um, farmers in like um, Yorkshire who fall in love with each other, and it's sort of their, their relationship, uh, and mm. it's sort of a, a very working class homosexual relationship, and, and sort of how that functions in the world. And I thought it was fucking one of the most beautiful films I've seen in a long, long time, and so touching about what love is and what love can do to people. This is very much mm. the same. It's, it's a love story at heart, um, mm. and that, that's what its that's what its soul is, and it's two people finding each other and finding each other just at a time when they almost need each other but there is that just constant affection um, and what we say is the person the, the, people that, the people that are playing are real people but there's the, there's no actual proof that they actually had a relationship like this in any way shape or form ah, okay. what Francis Lee the director is doing is he's basically he's just sort of turning the tide or turning the, turning the tables on sort of what you would expect from a film because like in the film, if Kate Winslet fell for like Sazerone's husband in it, and there's a sort of three-way love triangle there, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. You'd be going, yeah, that's fine. That's, you sort of, people just sort of accept that. The idea mm. of them falling in love with each other becomes like, oh, that's surprising. But the thing is, it fucking shouldn't be. You know, mm. it's the idea that like, that's what it, It's just two people find each other when they need each other. And I think yeah. his point was that for, for so long, you know heterosexual culture when it comes to making a movie has stolen, you know, homosexual love stories, you know, gay love stories, you know, and, and gay icons, and sort of homogenized them into something that's more palpable, and they shouldn't be doing that, you know, so it's for one season, you know, a wee bit of a table twist, you know, I, the one I thought that came to mind was, like, Bohemian Rhapsody, when they essentially, mm-hmm. in Bohemian Rhapsody, made it out that Freddie Mercury was, like, the straightest man in the world, and it's like, Freddie Mercury was, like, one of the gayest campus fuckers on the planet, and was, yeah. and, and loved being it, you know, and wasn't in any way ashamed of it, but if you watch yeah. that film, you'd be hard-pressed to find anything in the film that was actually shown
1: anywhere, like, as a gay man, you know? I mean, um, all you need to do is watch him on stage for about maybe two and a half minutes, and you're like, yeah, I think he's banned from the other team. Yeah, yeah
0: but openly so.
1: Not even, you know, but the, yeah. film, didn't, yeah. the yeah. Film, actually,
0: film doesn't show that. It just sort of shows him as this guy who had kind that of liked some women as well. I'm like, what the fuck that's that? That's, it, felt, it felt so fake. So this is yeah. How yeah. just twisting that. Yeah. Um, Winslet's phenomenal, it, she is, and it's it's so it's so sparse with dialogue. Like there's like literally the first like twenty five minutes, there's almost nothing spoken in the film, it's such it's just all you're, oh, you're watching is visuals, which I can mm-hmm. see your face right now. You're probably not into that, but I I found it really really um like engaging. Well, it depends
1: for the visuals huh? are. Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: visuals were good. Um, Saucer Ronan also excellent as well, but she is because she's a lot interested comes into the film. I feel that she mm-hmm. is sort of like the secondary character always, who is very much Kate Winslet's character story. Um, mm-hmm. And she's struggling with her own trauma There's a trauma there. She's living in a, a marriage that she's not happy and she's just lost a child. So there is sort of there is depth to her character, but it's maybe not explored quite as much. And she is a little bit more underused than, say, the Kate Winslet character is, who is sort of on screen pretty much every second of this film. She is on screen. Um, and Jim and I, I didn't like it quite as much as God's Own Country. But uh-huh. I did still thoroughly enjoy it. I, I was caught up in their story. I was caught up in what it, what, the, what the, the love that they had for each other meant to them um, and how it sort of made them. And it kind of makes them better people, you know. In, in a lot of ways, it, brings, it makes them happier. And surely that's kind of like what we're all looking for, someone who makes you happier. Is
1: that not, you know, it's just it's very, very yeah. simple. Um, yeah, at the, at the absolute core of our relationship, that is simply just what people want, you know. I, it's just... Someone that you don't want to murder within the first six months of meeting them, you know? Yeah. It's. So
0: it makes you feel a bit better life, and these two people seem to make each other happier and better in life. Yeah. Um, and what I do like about it is there's maybe only two looks from other characters in the film that sort of show an, a, a not wanting to. Um, sort of. Not wanting to sort of. See them as a homosexual couple in the film, and mm. the rest of the film itself, sort of, it's not even spoken about, which I thought was really refreshing as well. Because normally, make like a film like this, you think when it starts and Kate Winslet playing, you know, lovers, they're making a big deal about that, and they really don't, you know. And like they, 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 obviously, they're probably a lot of the reviews all oh, going about there's like two main sex scenes in it, that you know. And I would honestly say, are they sort of sexy? Yes, they are, but then. They feel real for a start, which I think is important. And if it was a guy and a woman doing the same scene, there'd be nothing said about it. It would be part of the film. And mm. it, it, it's sort of one of those things where it's like it's, it wouldn't even be spoken about, just sort of that's something that happens in the film. But because it's, you know, two women actresses doing it, or two women actors doing it, sorry, it becomes a big deal and a big story. And I think it's it's not really, it is part of the story. And it's yeah. no more, it's, it's, in a world where we have like Game of Thrones on TV, it's no more sort of like explicit or dramatic mm. than that. But it works it yeah. means something in the story, it means something it. and I totally don't understand why they have it in there. But if reviews make a big deal of the fact there's two women in the film having, you know, a sexual relationship, you go, Yeah, so what? If like I said, if Kate yeah. Winslet in this film hooked up with Saran's husband in the film, there would be nothing said about the same two
1: scenes. Absolutely nothing mm. said about them. So um only my like thing to as... think... Sorry, man. Oh, sorry, but I was gonna say I like to think that um we are slowly crawling towards a world where it literally doesn't care anymore about would, who you're with. I would you know? genuinely hope so. I would genuinely hope so. As long but, as it's so. two consenting people yeah. in this relationship and of yeah. age, it doesn't yeah, fucking
0: it. matter. Find yeah. the person that makes you goddamn happy. Um, the only thing I was going to say about a little bit, which um, maybe I've done a little bit for myself, was the sound mix was a little bit weird on it. Like Sometimes a lot of it's done outside on the beach with like crashing waves and howling wind on the Devonshire coast. Dialogue, you was know, a bit hard to understand at that point, um, so that was a bit of a negative. And like I said, just a little bit of the fact that the, the Ronan character maybe wasn't quite as explored as much as the Kate Winslet character. I felt like there was you're missing a trick by having Ronan in the film and not using up mm. your full potential because she's an amazing actress. So that was a lot of disappointing for me. And um, she wasn't, she didn't have more to sort of to do. She was sort of very much a conduit, which this is all played through. Um, on that excellent, I would give it a very solid seven and a half out of ten. Um, very much worth for watch. Nice. I think it is an acquired taste though, because like I said, there's a lot of silence in the film. There's a lot of just sort of people wondering, a lot of longing for looks, a lot of you know soul searching, you know, shot of by you know by still camera and you know things like that. So maybe not for everyone, but if you have got the patience for it, it's not long. It's two hours long. If you have got the patience for it, it's definitely worth a, a, a watch. But it's not like a Friday night fun movie. It has got a, it's got more heart mm. and soul. It's sort of a deeper film than that. So seven and a half out of ten. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And that's us for this week. Next week we have on Netflix, we have Seaspiracy, which the world has been talking about, and I'm looking forward to watching. It really it. should be called Conspiracy.
1: It really should. You, you should. You can't either idea. It's so conspiracy. much easier. So much easier to say. Um, so Seaspiracy is on Netflix, we're watching that.
0: On Sky Movies, so I think it is out other places. It's called Six Minutes to Midnight. Um, it's an Eddie Izzard film where he writes it and stars in it about a school in 1930s England that had all the top Nazi daughters at. So it's a boarding school for Nazi young women who came to Britain okay. and all to learn like finishing and sort of like make uh, make sort of like um, relationships with like high-profile British socialites and all like sort of like infiltrate British culture. And it's just this school in Bexhill on Sea, I think it is, down the sort of the south coast. And it's a story all about this.
1: Um, so it looks very interesting. So um, Eddie's involved. I'm already and I'm like already said,
0: watching. So. I, like I said, I, I love Eddie as well. We're all my massive fans of Eddie. Um, so anything Eddie does is, um, is, is well worth a, a wee look. And also a Sky documentary. Um, you can get it on the Sky Docs if you've got Sky documentary. It's called Inmate Number One, and it's all about Danny Trejo. Um, the actor and his life in prison when he was a young man and sort of his resurgence from there. And as we all love Danny Trejo, I thought it would have been an interesting one to watch. without out last year, but it's only can released on sort of the more widely available as in the last couple of weeks. So Inmate number one, which looks very interesting cool. to watch. And that's it. we be able to find us.
1: Yeah. All the social media haunts at three beers in a movie. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's great. And that's for this week, I've been Richard. You've been... Barry.
0: you've been listening to years in a movie.